Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Going well. How's it going for you? Pretty good. I'm uh, just getting off of my procrastination when it comes to Game Club. I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't finish all of the homework, but I got right up. I rubbed up right against the end of it. And I mean, we'll talk about that a little later in the show, but I, I promise I'm going to get better. My whole plan when I took on Game Club and I thought, no, this is something I can do, you know, was that I would play on my lunch breaks at work. Turns out, Kind of hard to play on your lunch break when you're not taking a lunch break. So I vow that July will be different, good sir. Well, if you can't get time to play on your lunch break, that is perfectly fine. No, it's not. I want a lunch break. (laughs) I understand a lunch break, but, you know, if work's keeping you so busy, you don't get it. You know, I'm not going to yell at you for that. And that was part of why we broke it up and made the entire desert shit desert section of Celica's route completely optional yeah uh, for those who were very busy and had limited time to play you know i i think it's been a fun experiment to play through that game again and eventually we are going to get to a point where i have not progressed that far and uh, i'm I'm looking forward to that but i mean we'll certainly talk about game club later on in this episode and and also on future episodes but before that let's get into the banners as always let's start with a banner update uh, current banners, Summer's Arrival, uh, Elysian Summer, Norian Summer, they're all running until July 25th. Heroes with Deathblow running till July 6th. And the legendary Hector banner, dun 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 dun, that's our legendary hero, Hector. That banner ends on July 5th. So, Eddie, I will start, as always, I will start with you. How did, how did things go with your search for a third Armand's Hector? Uh, well, they started out a little rough. Um, like, uh, he was getting one green orb at a time, and that green orb was um, often a three-star, which was, oh, so, fun. so, you know, limited access to the orb you need, and it's the lowest, you know, lowest quality. Hmm. Sorry. Um... But uh, in about 50 orbs, I did actually, uh, on the first uh, wheel with two green orbs, I managed to get Legendary Hector, and it turned out he was completely neutral IVs. Oh, you can do that? You can summon a neutral IV? Like, yep. Weird. Well, you know, the IVs are meant to, you know, the fact that they're one up, one down, it's entirely possible that none of them will be up or down. It's just... So that not every Hector that gets summoned is exactly the same. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that's luck or not, but you did get a Hector, so that's that's certainly a bonus, right? Yep, a part of me uh, fought with myself and argued about trying to go back and uh, get another Hector, preferably with an attack uh, IV, since he does have a super boon in attack. Uh, but I figured, you know what, I'm limited on orbs right now. Um he'll be back eventually and you know there's every chance i'll get with a attack bane or something else that i don't want uh neutral is pretty decent 
Um, neutral is certainly better than not having one, right? Yep. Um, I did pull on the two summer banners when they came out. Ended up getting a random summer Leo for it. Um, I did look eventually look at the IVs of the two, and my original summer Leo is a better uh, IVs than the new one I got. So I'll be keeping him. I'm just debating whether there's anything I want to fodder the summer Leo off, or if I want to merge him. Oh, okay. uh, got nothing special from the Booting Gauntlet banner, the Faded Battles banner that started yesterday. Oh, I must have missed that. So yes, you did have a note in here of of the voting gauntlet banner, which which I believe starts on Monday. And then yes, there is a banner in there, the faded ba- battles banner, as you mentioned. Who's yeah, in that I, banner? I had originally put it just voting gauntlet banner question mark because when I updated those notes, I they we hadn't gotten it yet, but I did note we would be getting the login bonus starting on the twenty ninth. So yeah, so those orbs are coming in hot and fast june is literally ending today so if you if this episode goes live in time for you to get your quest done you're going to want to pop in there but as for my time summoning i did not summon anything i kind of poked around with my free summons didn't get anything special and i've just i've got about 100 orbs and kind of sitting there trying to determine what i want to do because i i was going to wait for the legendary banner before touching the summer banner but looking at Hector, it looks very similar to the legendary Lynn, where she was kind of just, she was taken off her horse and they called her a legendary hero. Like this Hector kind of looks very similar to the other Hectors. There's not much, he even has the same weapon. Like, I know he's different, but he just doesn't jump out at me as someone I want to have in, or need to have in my roster. And technically is different too in that it has different uh special features to it but yeah hector um our new legendary heroes hero is very unique in the fact that it's the second alternate version of him that is exactly the same as the original version of him not exactly but pretty close he's another armored axe wielding hero with distant counter as one of his skills that he comes with learn and he has the same axe just a different version of it it's armads berserk armads for valentine's hector and this hector uh so he is the least varied variant in the game which is intriguing well i mean people people threw a fit with with lynn and i think maybe it was more because she had five different versions but Hector coming in here like I I don't know I just with my variant heroes like you said you joked I look for variants and um I'm not inclined to go after this Hector like Hector was a character I liked in the uh, is it it's Binding Blade no it's Blazing Blade isn't it Blazing Blade yes yeah so in Blazing Blade I liked him but you know he was no he was no Lin but then again if they released another Lin and called it a, a legendary 2.0 and she looked exactly the same like okay guys come on what are we doing here you know um yeah um and yeah part of the Lin thing is that it was the fifth version of Lin i mean and they also did a little more to change her up a little i mean she does have a green a colored bow instead of a colorless bow uh, and it's still so far the only one with a colored bow. 
Yeah. So I wonder if they're just keeping the colored bows for legendary heroes. Maybe. It just... it. I, I don't know. Um, This one doesn't jump out. Like, the legendary banners haven't really been my cup of tea. Like, the only legendary hero I got on their original banner was Lin. All the others have kind of just... I've, I haven't really seen luck of the draw there. So... I just, I don't know, I'm hesitant. I'll probably wait a little bit. Now, have you touched the legendary battle that was added for Hector? I, have, I haven't got a chance to jump in. I have not had a chance to jump in either. Um, I'm really bad about these, and I, I don't think I've ever actually done them. really should. If nothing else, go to the uh, easy, easy level to get the free blessing. But uh, half the time, I just forget about it. I need to go do that. Oh crap it's over already type situation yeah plus they are extremely tough like you said you can probably only get through the the easy one without blinking but the other ones require a little bit more strategy i think um yeah but i believe they do qualify under the grand hero battle zero stamina cost you can keep trying and or go find uh phoenix master one's uh video that tells you uh good strategy to use you know still requires time to pop through it though like that's my biggest thing is True. Like, it's still it's still that amount of time yeah, now if i had time to kill for sure i would be in there kind of popping away at it yep so but that's going on until the banner ends on the uh fifth um and Henry Ike and Legendary Ephraim, who are inside this Legendary, are going to be part of that, um, or I'm pretty sure it's the Legendary versions that are going to be part of the uh, voting gauntlet when it starts. Based on the info we were given here with these characters are when these Legendary heroes are returning, um, I did a little chart in our notes, and we actually... Um, I'm fairly certain that we know who the next, what color the next three legendary units are going to be, uh, barring IS just deciding to mess with us and change up their formula. But based on the info on when these characters are returning, uh, we know we're we should be getting a blue in July, a uh, red in August, a another blue in September. Which means if you're looking for that, if you haven't gotten and are looking for uh, legendary Robin, the one colorless legendary we have, she'll be around for the next three uh, months. couple months. Yep, next three months, no problem. So, well, that's good to know. So, yeah, it's really neat that we can predict yeah. this stuff. I, I find it fascinating. Yeah, I actually had to go back find the old um, notes from the Lin and the. Uh, Ryoma banners to verify exactly when some of those characters were coming back to make the chart and keep uh, I mean it's almost you know barring them deciding to actually double up uh, which they have yet to do it is almost guaranteed that blue will be next month because uh, we know we have Ryoma next month Lynn next month and uh, this one showed Robin next month so, we right. get our third blue legendary unit next month. Any, I mean, obviously we're going to predict. We're we're going to try to predict that in the in the upcoming months. We have lots of time to kind of think about what that hero will be. But how has your time been in Grand Conquest? Have you been enjoying 
one of our favorite modes. Oh wait, that started, didn't it? Yeah, we're now in the third <laughs> battle. Uh, I've 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 done to the bare minimum. I've managed to quests, and that's it. I've done three rounds of grand grand conquests. I've done the um, uh, training tower and the arena maps, and that's it. Yeah, Heck, I, I, I nearly missed the I nearly missed the second battle. I forgot that it was going on until you had put in our notes uh, that it was back, and it's like, oh yeah, the second battle on. I should probably jump in there. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been poking around and I have sort of a, a thing where I've just kind of like I, I I use my recovery tokens to do a full bonus and kind of move on from there. And I'm not too fussed if I don't get to max tier, but um, it seems to be spitting a good amount of feathers at me after each battle. So I'm happy with that. And it is a battle. It is what it is. But it's it's sort of a laid back sort of watch the numbers roll in type type battle right i'm not really paying much attention to you know i'm just making sure i send in my brigade that follows the bonuses and that's pretty much the only thing i'm putting thought to right yep i mean like like i said in the previous version times when it's been active it's you know they don't give enough incentive for me to actually try and earn a bunch of um you know try and create a bunch of areas or do other stuff it's just like i feel no strong desire to participate i'll do the minimum just to get the rewards i can get but it's not enough there's nothing compelling enough to make me come back constantly every hour or every couple hours to make sure i use up all my lances yeah. yeah, I'd still like to know if someone really is into Grand Conquest, if they could like write in and let us know like why they really like it. I mean, I don't hate it. It is it is what it is. It's there. It doesn't bother me that it's there, but I'm not like overly obsessed with it, which is what we've talked about countless times in the show. Yeah, I, I don't hate it, but the way the um, you know, as we've like you mentioned mentioned countless times. The way the area rewards feel, it just doesn't bring a strong desire for me to keep coming back because it feels like I have absolutely no control. You know, um, running gauntlets, especially last month, felt that way a bit t for me too because, you know, the opposing team would get the bonus the last round every time and my team that was, you know, fighting hard and actually winning would suddenly lose because that other person just randomly got the bonus last round or was doing poor enough they got the bonus essentially i mean that one kind of annoyed me because it was succeeding through by losing which it's like that's not how a popularity contest should work you should not win because you lost no that's but, definitely not how a popularity contest works um so yep. I think like we've all had a good week in Fire Emblem Heroes, but uh, what what is continuing on between now and our next episode? Well, um, we got the Rival Domains that just started today, like every Saturday. Uh, that week 17 goes to the 7th. The Illusory Dungeon, Legendary Heroes, is going on till the 11th still. The Yay Accessories quests are just hanging around in the completed uh, quest tabs the 20th. And if you haven't done them, I guess you can still go do them, but they were kind of quick and easy. Yeah. Uh, the Legendary Hero Battle 
is sticking around the 5th and the Grand Conquest ends on Monday. Yeah, so look forward to that. Get into your Grand Conquest, like we were saying. If you're not too fussed with what we just described as uh, continuing events, look look forward to these upcoming events in the game of Fire Emblem Heroes. Starting before July 7th, we have the Voting Gauntlet starting on Monday, July 2nd. Fire Blessing Quest starting the day after on the 3rd. Hector and Matthew Bound Hero Battle and Banner coming on July 5th. That's an interesting way to end the Legendary Banner, bringing Hector back. I assume they'll have a banner with OG Hector. It'd be funny if they just had like all the Hectors just come back. It's just a Hector, just a Hector-filled banner. That'd be pretty fun. Um, well, seeing as they specifically stated this Legendary Hector will only be in Legendary Banners, and uh, they have so far never put a seasonal hero in a non-legendary or seasonal banner it is probably just going to be og hector <laughs> well yeah you're probably right and then we have uh, heroes with luna banner starting on july 6 and finally our july quest startup tomorrow july 1st happy canada day new quests coming at you all right good it's, stuff I, I have one small the um upcoming events okay what's that i i I don't know why AIS felt I needed Luna Heroes for my birthday. Oh, it was your birthday on the 6th. Well, happy birthday. Yep. I thought you had asked for Luna Heroes. I thought that's what you specifically asked for. No, no. Oh. I think I probably have a handful of Luna fodders in my stuff. Because I don't think Luna's that hard of a one to get. Well... It's not exactly easy, I'm sure, but... But you'll get there. It's... Yep. But. Yeah, well, why don't we look at... Now, we don't have a summoner's focus this week, but as is tradition, we're going to talk about how you can tell us which hero you want us to cover. We've set up a new straw poll. Eddie, run us down the options that we have put forward this week. Well, this week, we have Legendary Ike, Micaiah, uh, or as Ryan affectionately calls Bird Lady. Yep, Little Bird Lady. Uh, Oliver... And the original Sanaki, uh, not not the bridal Sanaki. As we realized last week, she's a uh, flower girl because she's ten years old in a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. So I, for one, am excited about Oliver. I put that in there as a bit of a joke because a lot of people should have that hero. But Oliver kind of reminds me of a character who would always have grapes being fed to him. That's just how I imagine Oliver whenever I see his character pop up with whatever. So yeah. now you're all picturing it. <laughs> I was kind of half picturing it from his art to begin with and all. So. <laughs> well, there you go. So the straw poll will be in the episode notes. We'll also throw it in the Discord. These, game, these characters all, of course, come from Radiant Dawn. And next week we will be covering one of them in Summoner's Focus. And now it's time for the main event of this here episode, Game Club, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valencia, Part 3. I will start off our, uh, well, now we're at a point in the game where we have two branching paths, Om and Celica. So I will do the Om part, and then Eddie's going to run down the Celica part. Om starts out heading north, encountering Fernand, who continues to put doubts into Clive's mind on if he made the right choice leading or cho right choice to have Om leading the deliverance 
and uh, they meet Burkut in the forest. Burkut, I think he shows up and he's like, I'm going to practice. Uh, and, and, and that doesn't go so well because you, you, you defeat him. In the towns, you get the first blacksmiths, allowing you to upgrade weapons, and Om gets a chance to recruit Luthier, who asks you to help save his sister from Tatara. Tatara. Also, after we recruit Luthier in the village, we move over to Desai's castle, and you continue to beat Desai's butt and rescue Matilda. Now, that was an interesting battle, probably one of the first where you have to have a specific healer uh, type spell in order for that to be a little easier. But I get ahead of myself. What happens on the Celica path? Uh, well, Selica starts uh, by bumping into Pala and Katria um, as they're being assaulted by a group of bandit bandits on the coast. Um, then she continues on, finds another graveyard, uh, which uh, Bowie complains about, like usual. Uh, in the mountain village, she can recruit Atlas there. Uh, and uh, at that point, um, that is technically how far you needed to go. Uh, but with Celica's route, we did have an optional area to complete, which was the desert with Greeth, uh, who's been popping up here and there. He's like in charge of the bandits that were harassing Paula and Katria. He's kidnapped Est, and he um, has also kidnapped all of Atlas's family. Uh, so you have the option to head out into the desert and deal with him. Um, and so... That is a side thing. Um, if you do decide to go out and deal with him, you do end up having a chance to recruit either Dean or Sonia. Uh, essentially, when you get there, you fight the first one. You uh, un uh, free Jesse, uh, who is another recruitable character from the uh, prison there. Uh, then Dean and Sonia, one takes up the north route, one takes up the south route. Uh, you pick which one you go and fight. And whichever one you don't fight retreats, and you have a chance to recruit them after you defeat Grief. And when you defeat Grief, you will free Est and potentially, uh, or have the option to recruit her. Mm hmm So. Yeah, the optional area, I full disclosure, I, right before, I already mentioned, right before coming on the show, I was just about to defeat Grief. But we can certainly talk about sort of where... Uh, our choices came into play on, on who we decided to recruit uh, in the desert. Um, even though I didn't get there, I still made the initial choice to uh, to spare Sonia. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to talk a bit about how I, I feel I've been playing. Now, this the way I've been playing this game could totally and 100% be because of my tardiness. And uh, But basically, I've turned off combat animations and i'm hitting start for enemy turns to just blast through that stuff um normally i don't mind watching that stuff i'm fine with it however uh yeah i've just been trying to plow through it i'm listening to all the voice acting and i'm watching all the cutscenes and stuff it's just the animations and like trial trial and error as a brute force through the game with uh using milla's wheel like oh that didn't quite work because i left one guy out of place or i wasn't you know, I'm using less tactics and using more trial and error, and I don't think that's what a Fire Emblem game is 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 supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about tactics, and I don't feel like I'm using tactics, it's, and it's going to bite me in the butt once we get a further into the game. Well, 
you can always play Fire Emblem games like that without using tactics, but unless you're going to go ahead and reset if you have a bad time, or, I mean, if you have a really bad time, you do have the risk of losing characters to eat playing that way, which can make even further ones harder. Um, so it's not really a wrong way to play it, but the game does recommend and prefer you use tactics. Uh, Miller's turn wheel does help out in that it gives you a chance to fix a mistake if you make one. Um, I've been playing a little differently. Uh, this uh, two-week period, I didn't do it as much, but uh, in the first two weeks, I was kind of heavy in on it, and I... Uh, I'll learn how to talk one of these days, but I was very heavy in playing pretty constantly, uh, so I power-leveled all my characters. So most everyone here at this point was not a giant threat. Um, fighting to say, uh, one or two of the characters I brought up went down to about half of their health bar uh, when they got surrounded and attacked by virtually everyone. But for the most part, everyone was doing pretty well and not having much trouble. Hmm. Um, you know, so... Uh, and there's a good chance that this coming week, uh, depending on how distracted I let myself get with other games, um, I may end up power leveling characters like Luthier, uh, the uh, trio of uh, Pegasus knights you pick up out there in that desert, and all them, uh, you know, using the bonus maps or the dungeons to power level a bunch of them. Uh, so. Or if I let myself get distracted again, I may get back to closer to what the difficulty level is supposed to be. Right. And you mentioned, you know, the Pegasus Knights, Paula, Est, and, and Katria. Now, for me, we were talking pre-show. I didn't realize you were able to recruit them because there's a map where you see where you save them. And then you just continue on your merry way. And they say, like, oh, I wish we had time to talk to them. And I just kept going. But you're telling me that you can go back to town and recruit the two sisters to save Est, right? Uh, yep, this is the start of the point where there's uh, it's a lot easier to miss characters to recruit. Um, you'll have to tell me, uh, uh, depending on how you end up doing it once you finally defeat Greed, um, whether or not uh, having saved Est before you talk to Paola and Katria has any effect on anything. Uh, but when you did not even get the option to talk to Paola and Katria after saving them. Um, I went uh, south back to the Zofia Harbor, which you could access again. And they were sitting right there in the entrance area and uh, asked you to help them save their sister in the desert uh, and gave you the option to recruit them. Hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, that's my thing is I didn't go there and I'm already halfway through, I'd say three quarters of the way through Defeating Grief. So I don't really want to do that again. But I remember in my first playthrough, which was a while ago, um, and I didn't beat it, but a while ago I remember doing the same thing where I never really thought much to go back to the harbor because right now you're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of enemies spawning randomly on the map. So if you take your time sort of roving around the map you're going to have a random battle pop up. And, you know, for someone who's trying to finish the game in a timely manner, uh, a.k.a. 20 minutes before the show, um, those random battles aren't aren't necessarily a good thing. Um, 
so yep, I was wondering, yeah. have you um, leveled Atlas up, or is he still a villager? Or did you even recruit Atlas? I recruited Atlas. I did not realize he's a villager. I thought he started as a mercenary, but... Nope, he starts as a villager. He's the only villager, um, unless you leave uh, Selic or leave Bay and Cliff, I believe it is. He's the only villager that Selica gets to recruit, uh, and comes fairly late in the game, especially compared to the other villagers. Starts at level 10. Um, and so that was my next question is, you know, what's your process when once a hero reaches a level where they can upgrade their class, do you just stop everything you're doing and go do that? Uh, depends on various factors. If I feel I want to give them a few more stats before I level them up, I will go do that. Um, with characters like, um, uh, what I've decided to do with Atlas uh, technically gray and like um, the other mercenaries ones that start off as mercenaries uh, those ones I try to level up almost immediately when they're available uh, because they are part of the uh, dread fighter loop which is a weird thing that was available in this game um, once you get a dread fighter to level 10 uh, the dread fighter then can can then be uh, promoted into a villager class. <laughs> what? Starting all over again. It's a weird thing they did in this game. Not sure why they did it, but any any villager or any character, any dreadfighter, or even the overclass version of the dreadfighter at level 10 can go to a miller shrine and reclass back to a villager. And then you can send them into a different uh, channel of leveling up if you want, or send them back into the same loop. So while Celica only technically gets one villager, she gets uh, Saber, Jesse, Kamui, all, th all three of who can then, um, and if you opt to recruit Dean instead of Sonya, all four of those characters can be leveled up to Dreadfighters and then drop back down to Villager, and can you have another group of villagers who you can send anywhere whether back to being uh mercenary routes or not hmm it's interesting sorry no I, I i did not know that that's really interesting to know that um mm -hmm. there is that that loop there that's present to kind of get some some fresh classes because there's a lot of mercenaries on the celica branch and that was one thing i noticed when i was looking into the dean versus sonya choice in that like Hey, if you're sick of mercenaries, you're probably gonna want to go with Sonya because Dean's another mercenary. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that 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 is there. Um, and the other thing is that um, I've actually already done that with Gray. Um, I decided not to bother doing it with all the other characters, but um, Gray, I put the mercenary class, and then I've already gotten him up to level ten dreadfighter and reset him back to villager so he's currently i think a myrmidon again because uh, i already got him through villager he's got his health maxed out pretty high attack so yeah I, i've reset gray once and probably not going to do it a second time unless i decide near the end i want to but he's got like his i think his health is maxed out or if not maxed out very close to being maxed out uh he has a very high attack for a low level character or a myrmidon you know, as compared to most people at that level, he was 
slaughtering people left and right as a villager. A very powerful villager. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, no, I have yeah. not upgraded Atlas yet. I probably need to, although I don't know, is there an option? Is there a Mila statue option in in this cutoff point or do we ha would we have had to continue just a little bit to the optional dungeons in this act is that how well there are the two there is the dungeon in the priory in the back or behind you that you can go back to oh okay which with your situation with the fact that you're um pushing to uh the fact that you were trying to push to get the minimal number of uh random groups of dudes joining the battles uh, and just pushing forward, yeah, you probably didn't do it. I've I've got like 125 days in the month or season, as opposed to I'm sure you've got like 20 or 30, if that. Yeah. So I have been. I've got a lot of days, and I've had a bunch of characters come running up after my characters. Yeah, I've been trying to. I've been trying to go through it quickly. Although, mind you, um. I, I'm going to do my best to, to kind of give it a little more time because honestly, I, I, I feel like this game deserves a little more time. And, and, I, and I have played through this portion of the game before, so I'm, I'm a little more experienced with it. But I think once we get into the acts that I haven't experienced or I am going to need to do some grinding because I know that was one thing that people mentioned about this game is that there is a bit of a requirement to level up your characters evenly not over not to overpower them like you have it's not it's not required to overpower them you certainly can but it's important to kind of keep certain characters up above water so i i will need to do that eventually and i think um looking at at now i'm not trying to end the segment but looking at where we're where we're going next time on game club there's a little more time to there's a little less going on in this in this act that we can we can look at that at, at getting some more levels but yeah matilda joins your ranks although um i didn't get a chance to play with her because as soon as i got her i was i moved over to selica's path but i will certainly take a look at paula and katria i remember when i originally played through this segment of the game i didn't i didn't get them before grief i don't remember fighting grief with uh with those with those two i would imagine that I'll rescue Est, and she'll say, "Oh, I meet me at the harbor, and and my sisters will thank you, or whatever, and and we'll have that conversation." But it would have been cool. So you had Paula and uh, and Katria at the grief fight, then. Yep, I did have them at the grief fight. Um, I also had them throughout all of the desert, which, um, except for the ones where there's a lot of archers, they're very useful because they don't get restricted like everyone else does in the desert. Oh my God. That was so frustrating, those desert maps. It took forever. But luckily, because it takes forever to get to where you're going on those desert maps, um, you can retreat if needed after three turns. So it it, it it worked out pretty good in my favor on that aspect. Well, all I want to say further to this before we move on is that I've, I've really enjoyed where the, where the story's going, and I like, um, I like our, the characters that are being introduced. You know, Selica, I'm still enjoying May and Selica and, and Bowie and the way they're interacting and Om and his friends are, are super cool. But I'm I'm interested to see, I, I think the further we go in this game, the more serious it's going to get. And I think you're starting to feel that. But you're also being introduced to more side quests. I think in this act, we, we got our first like, oh, I need this thing. And the thing is on the other path. And Selica can like hand off that item to a traveler and then, yep. you know, 
pass them in between paths. So that's kind of neat. I really like that micromanagement, that cool little thing there to, to do some stuff. And uh, no dungeons this week, though, unfortunately. We'll, we'll cover them well, next time. But... There was an option of going back to an old dungeon. Um, I did one of the quests from it. Oh. Um, if you go back into the castle with Alm, there is uh, someone there who asks you about a Lima armlet in the Deliverance hideout. Uh, and I think after you do that, that activates a secondary quest where you're sent in uh, because you went in and took that Lima armlet to deal with a powerful um, undead who popped up there for the after their uh, grave was disturbed. Um, I haven't done the second one because at that point, um, I like I said, I had gotten distracted, so I was running a little short on time and wasn't sure how much time exactly I would have that night, so... I went off and fought to say, haven't gone back to head back down to the Deliverance hideout a third time. Right. There was so. a side quest I picked up that was gargoyle related, but I think that was for uh, the future dungeon. But you're right. Okay. I, I do remember picking up the one for oh, the Deliverance hideout, so I'll have to yeah, go I have, do that. I, have, I don't remember the gargoyle one, but... Um, I think you pick did, it up in the I forest village. The... Okay, I'll have to look through them. I might have missed something in there, but I did pick up the um, one in the mountain village where the lady girl wants you to go find her son in that dungeon. Right. So. Right. Oh, yeah, no, lots of cool stuff, and I look forward to playing more of Echoes. Uh, we'll, we'll return in two weeks and talk a little bit more about, well, the conclusion to Act 3, because that's where we're going to yep. be heading next. Going yeah. to the Temple of Mila in the Sluice Gate, and we will see what we find there. Yep, um, I imagine water and Mila. Yep, uh, you'll be able to tell us next time whether or not um, any of the characters were missable. Um, this coming up on Alm side, there's a chance of losing a character if you're not careful. So, be careful. Oh. Okay, well, I will keep an eye out on that one. I don't want to lose any characters. That's certainly not a goal of mine. Uh, all right, well, that's going to do it for Game Club, and we'll return in two weeks with the end of Act 3. So if you are playing along, would love to hear from you. I, I, would, I think it would be really cool to know if people are playing along with us and, and sending your thoughts, and we'll certainly read them in that segment. But as we move into the news slash topic, we originally were just going to talk about we we're going to bring back Fey Basics because it was looking like it was going to be a quiet week. However, Intelligent Systems has dropped some patch notes. However, we're just going to allude to them, and we're going to talk about them in depth next week once we get closer to the actual release. Uh, if anything, uh, it'll be the... No, what am I lo I'm looking at? It drops the, drops the 8th, so that's the day or so after we record, correct? Yes, the patch notes dropped this morning, so we have barely had any chance to really look through them, see exactly what they're saying, uh, trying to figure out it, or learn a bit more about what it's, is going on. Uh, but I did notice that it says there's going to be maintenance on the 8th, which indicates that is when the patch should drop. So we will cover them next week since we have another episode before the 8th. Exactly. So. Right. So look forward to that. Lots of cool stuff. If you load up your Fire Emblem Heroes uh, you know, app and look at the notices, you can get a sneak peek on what's coming soon. Some really neat changes, but yeah, we wanted a little more time to go over them and, and form some thoughts. And uh, Ryan was too busy catching up in Echoes, so 
Dems the brakes, kids. So, Faye Basics, we're going to be covering Rarity this week, and I will kick things off, and Eddie and I will, will do this conversation style. So, there are five levels of Rarity. You've probably noticed us talking a lot about five-star characters. That's what everyone's going for. That's the maximum uh, character stars you're looking for. However, between one and five stars is what you're is what you're going to get. The most rarest are one and two star units, which only come from special maps, which have been around in the rotation from the very beginning of the game. So you probably don't have a lot of one and two stars uh, characters in your roster. You've either sent them home or you've upgraded them pretty easily with badges and feathers. So that's that's that. One and two stars, extremely rare. And I hope you got yeah, rid of them. Um... When the game started, there were these 13 rotating maps that uh, would give you free characters, and those were the only ways to get one- and two-star versions of any of the characters, uh, because the way it works for the maps, as I'm sure most people know from the Grand Heroes battle, is you technically get a uh, character that is one star ranking lower than the one you fought. Uh, So when you're doing those hard and infernal grand hero battles you're fighting a five-star version of the character and you're receiving a four-star version of them uh so these characters at the start were pretty easy pretty low level um and you know a two and a three-star version of the character so you would get a one one or a two-star version whether you did the normal or the hard so and most people have Uh, that's the list of characters I really wish they would rotate out some new people or add a second set so that some more people could get a bit more variety of characters without having to summon. When when you do summon, uh, you are guaranteed at least a three-star version of the character uh, up to a five-star. As we mentioned before, uh, when they updated the summoning pools for the four- and five-star and the five-star-only heroes... Uh, technically, it was just a four and five star they changed. Um, there are certain characters that will not appear in lower units or lower stars. Uh, I'm kind of jumping into gears a bit. That's fine. But, um, yeah, the summon is the primary way of getting a five star unit without using feathers. Uh, like I said, there are different pools. So there are certain characters that will not appear as a three star. And there are certain characters who will not appear any lower than five star. Uh, and there are also a handful of characters that'll come as three and four star or four and five star. Yeah, the and and you know we've talked. I believe we've talked about the 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 disparity of of the summoning pools and all that. And you'll hear about that as as the days go on, and intelligence systems will look to address that in in some ways. But there are, you know, obviously. There are units that are specifically only available as five-star summons, and and even even different so with the seasonal banners, as you mentioned. So it's like rarity. I, I'll say this: I've played a lot of free-to-play games of this ilk on mobile, and maybe it's, I'm too close to it, but I feel like Fire Emblem Heroes has a pretty good setup when it comes to rarity, and a lot of the other games just try to overcomplicate it with different currencies and different pools and different chances and and different banners. And it just confuses you to, in order to make you spend money. But in this, I find Fire Emblem Heroes is very straightforward. It's like, these are your banners. You got your percentage to pull of these specific heroes. And then the rest is the general summoning pool. 
And I think it's it's just laid out very, very well. You know that you're either getting a three, a four, or a five star. Obviously, your goal is the five star, but I just like the way they've set it up. It's very, very transparent for for the most part. I mean, yeah, yeah um, I I like you. I agree there. Um, and once again, it may be because I I was all in on Fire Emblem from the start and have been around since the beginning and figured it out. But anytime I ever played any of the other games that require you to summon units and stuff like that, I could never figure out what you're getting or what the chances of what you're getting are, even though they have the percentages right there. It's like, I can't figure that this makes no sense to me. And a lot of times it does kind of feel like it's just made confusing so that, you know, they can give you worse odds and you don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that we get 8% on, you know, legendary banners to to get a 5-star hero is also kind of neat as well. And um, I will jump into yours a little bit here too. Higher stars have better stats. If you go to a uh, Fire Emblem, um, we use Game Press for most of our stuff, but if you go to Game Press, you can actually see the ranges of stats for a 5-star, 4-star, 3-star, depending on what their availability is. And, uh, yeah, certain skills only unlock at certain star levels. And it, it goes without saying that a higher star level is going to be a more powerful unit. It's not, they don't look any different. They just have a higher rating and they have more skills and more stats and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, um, you know, I was going to point out, like, what does it matter? What star ranking? And, like, you know, it, it is better stats. Um, the IVs will not change. Uh, when you change their, uh, if you have a character with certain IVs and you use the unlock potential option uh, where you use hero feathers to uh, upgrade them from upgrade them from their current star ranking to the next one, uh, they will not change their IVs. So if you have a plus attack minus speed character at three star and you upgrade them to a four star, they will still be plus attack minus speed. Uh, so that's a nice way for the ones that come out as four-star options. If you want a specific um, uh, IV set, it's a lot easier to get a four-star than a five-star. You can get the perfect IV set on the four-star and then unlock it into a five-star. Um, yeah. No, there's so. uh, there's lots of options as you as you move forward and unlock potential is, is, is easily a great way to when they bump a hero down from the five star only to the four star pool and you get that four star, you can bump it up to a five without having to, to necessarily aim for that pull. So there, there are some ways around the way they've set up rarity here and unlock potential is a, is a great tool for that. Uh, well, and that's one not even really, that's not even going around the way that's part of how they've set it up. No, for yeah, sure. Like, like I said, there are certain characters who, unless they're part of a special event are never on the five star option for summoning. So the only way to get them to five star is through unlock potential. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like uh so, grand hero battles, right? Yep. Grand hero battle characters are never in the summoning pool. So, and they have yet to put them in a special, in a special banner. Uh, like right now there are uh, at least two, I think just the two um, 
Grand Hero Battle characters as part of the voting gauntlet. Yet, uh, you know, the only way to get them is through the Grand Hero Battles. They did the revival of Leon right now, or mm -hmm. Lion. Uh, so you can get him for it. And I think Arvis might be one of the daily rotation Grand Heroes. So uh, you can get him. And then the Legendary Banner to get the two Legendary Units for the voting gauntlet. Uh, because all those those four characters are not normally not in any of these normal summon pools. Um, and to use the unlock potential, you do use hero feathers, which you obtain through various sources such as arena. Um, you get them out of grand conquest, uh, tempest trials, voting gauntlets will give you some. Uh, all kinds of places you can get them, and the uh, hero badges are. Uh, the badges that you primarily get through Training Tower. There are other places you can get them, like certain quests will give them, and certain other things will give you some badges. Uh, at After a certain star rating, you have to use the Grand Hero badges, uh, which only come from a certain level and above of uh, Training Tower. Uh, and also they do drop-in quests and stuff. Uh, but one nice thing about it is that if you just have a lower rarity character and decide to merge it with duplicates of that uh, character at that rarity, uh, so you have a, you know, let's say you have a 3-star plus 10, uh, the cost of sending a 3-star home will be deducted for each merge you use. So it'll make it cheaper when you do unlock him to a 4-star. Reduces the amount of feathers or just badges? Feathers. Okay. It doesn't impact the, the badges you have to use? I don't think it impacts the badges. Okay. So, Interesting. Because technically, um, essentially, when you send a hero home, uh, you get feathers for sending them home, but you don't get badges. So right. each time you send someone home, like, uh, I think you get 150 feathers for, or maybe it's 1,500 feathers. No, I think it's 150 feathers for sending a four-star unit home. So every merge of a four-star unit deducts 150 feathers from the cost of feathers to upgrade. Essentially, it's you're not wasting the feathers you would get by merging them. Right. Well, that's good to know. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for Rarity, Fey Basics. So I hope you guys feel like you've learned a little bit about how Rarity is set up in Fire Emblem Heroes. And we will move on to another rarity, Speculation Corner, where Ryan has completed his homework. Dun, dun, dun. And um, uh, Eddie, we, we have a follow-up. Yeah. Yep. As we men I mentioned last week, so Ryan would actually think of it and come up with something. Uh, since mm -hmm. often he doesn't notice it until he looks through the notes, because I don't necessarily always put it out ahead of time. Um, so I wanted to make sure he had some thoughts on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, based on how the summer arrival banner was set up, who? What do you think will be on the July 11th banner? Um, and as I stated last week, the half rules were um, someone, two characters from one of the previous IPs that have had a summer hero, which would be Awakening, uh, Fates, and I went ahead and added in Sacred Stones if you wanted to add them. Um, and then two characters from a, a game that had not had any characters come into the Summer Banners. 
Um, on that one, it would have been fine if you had used Sacred Stones the second time, if you were going to assume that they were going to do another uh, Ulyssian slash Sacred Stones banner. That would have been fine. Uh, but what did you think was was likely to happen, Ryan? I, th I think an... Uh... I think Hoshido is a, a pretty safe bet since they they love to pair Nor and Hoshido whenever they can to kind of get the get the Fates fans pumped, and I think we're gonna get our first uh, Orochi hero, you know, to cover the the you know the female side of things from the Nor side. I think they've done a lot of Hinoka, they've done a lot of Sakura and and all the all the classic female characters from Hoshido. And uh, they'll give us another Takumi. Takumi seems to be their strong choice when it comes to seasonal banners, and I think a summer Takumi would be would be interesting. I think they could have some fun with with that. So Orochi, which I guess is technically going to be a mage, she won't show up as her. I think her her paper mage in, in Hoshido. I don't know what they're actually called, but um, mm -hmm. summoner or spirit spirit tracker i don't actually know diviner or something like that i don't remember exactly what I, they called her diviner sounds a little more close uh but as for the other half i think because you know summer banners are very much fan service we'll get either shadow dragon or fire emblem like the more popular japanese games and that's the gba one or maybe even the sequel you know lynn marth ellawood um yeah but i i know we won't get a hector because hector's it, it's too close, but you know, you could see, and I, and you know, I tried to also place it like they've been very careful to do summer banners and try to not try to have the age limit up a little bit, like make sure the character, they're not, I mean, usually they have like one or two kid characters and, and, and kids are allowed to go to the beach too and enjoy summer as well. Like this isn't just about who wears the best swimsuit or, or lack thereof, but I think that they usually lean on the fan service a little bit with these well, banners. Well, Sonaki's an odd one in that she's one of the few kid-looking characters who is actually a kid. Yeah. I believe 90% of the quote-unquote kid characters are full-on 18-plus adults, um, at least in the American versions. They're considered full-on 18-plus. Uh, like, Lissa is kind of the kid sister character, but she is, uh, you know, full-on adult in the game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh... Hayato, I believe, is the character from uh, Hoshido Fates, who looks like a little kid, but, you know, he's supposedly a full-on adult. Um, I don't know about Mist, who's from Radiant Dawn. I don't never, or the uh, the same games as Sanaki. She might actually be a kid, but most of the ones that are young siblings are considered to be of full you know, full legal adult age. You know, so they just look really young. I could be completely wrong on that, too. They may have canon ages that are a little younger than we would f feel comfortable with. But, like, Elise, last year, she was one of the Norian, ban Norian units, and I believe she is considered to be at least 18, if not in her early 20s. Mm -hmm. You know? So... But for me, of course, no, surprising no one, my fervent wish would be it to be another half-Ulyssian banner with Lyssa. And I was figuring maybe Owain is the second one since they added a child unit here. Um, 
but since they released both of last year's summer banners uh, over this past couple this past week, um, I think it's less likely they're going to do more than two summer banners mm-hmm. again. Uh, so going with Fates, um, I didn't realize this when I first thought it up. Um, and now that I realized it, it's less likely. I was thinking maybe they'd do Kaldori. But seeing as Kaldori is Cordelia, I just remembered, oh yeah, we got Cordelia already. So them doing two copies, albeit different games, different characters, technically, possibly, seems less likely. And I was thinking with her it would have been either Melkorn or Subaki. Uh, but since, um, like I said, I realized as you we were talking that they just did Cordelia, the likelihood of them doing Kaldori is a lot slimmer. Um, right. So, because they're really very, no they're like they kind of with Hoshido. They're mirror characters. Yeah, they're mirror characters. Um, in Fates, there are three characters: uh, Selena, Odin, and who's the third one? Tharja or Rajat or no, no, the it's on the Norian side. Oh, Laszlo. Oh, okay. Who are who are in can in canon, in true canon, they actually mention it, um, because they got Laszlo to level, uh, level forty in Heroes, and he actually points it out. Who are children characters from Awakening? Uh, Laszlo is Inigo, Odin is Owain, and Selina is Severa, hmm. Cordelia's child from the first from Awakening. Right. And on the Hoshidan side. There are three characters that are children characters that I believe through Outer Realms and other stuff are actually the characters in Awakening, which is Kaldori, who would be Cordelia, uh, Asugi, who would be Gaius, and Rajat, who you mentioned, who would be Tharja. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have similar personalities to the Awakening characters. Uh, but since Awakening came out before Fates, there's never been any real confirmation, any real way to confirm that, and any confirmation that that is the case. But the way they had it set up with those mirror characters having the same letters of the name of the original character, and same or very similar, if not identical, personalities, that's what I always suspected, which also, I believe, gives you some very weird options if you can actually uh, marry uh, Selena to Tsubaki. Because Tsubaki is the parent of Kaldori. So, and Selena is Severa, who is Cordelia's kid. Mm -hmm. So, that would be some weird time travel confusion, seeing as you would have the daughter of the character is the mother of her mother <laughs> okay well what what other characters do you think are going to be in the summer banner you're hurting my head with with all this time trap this is what t- timey-wimey like it, it's just yeah there's too many too much uh it's yeah, it's a saturday <laughs> like um... um my my guess on the second game for the banner the new game is echoes that's um, a good one i'm expecting at least um uh, and to make things e- even or equal, I would love it to be 
Cliff or Clive. Um, either either two male characters, so that you have three, and that is also assuming you get a female Hoshiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, I would prefer Cliff or Clive, but I fully expect someone like Faye or maybe Silk or someone. Uh, Silk would be interesting since she's like basically a nun. Yeah. But she's a nun, but there's nothing indicating in that world that uh, the nuns follow the nun rules of our world. You know? Yeah, I don't know if nun if <laughs> I don't know enough about nuns in our world if they can swim or not. I don't think anything preventing them from swimming, but like <laughs> my understanding of nuns in our world is modesty is the primary thing. So. You know, it would be the outfit that would be a little abnormal yeah. or the ultimate a lot one piece. More... Yeah, it would cover a lot more than your average fan service female uh, Fire Emblem summer character. Right. Well, once again, uh, we spend a good amount of time talking about characters dressing up in swimsuits, which is always a great time. Um, let's move on and talk and enter the Outrealm Gate because once again, Eddie has surfaced some information from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and we're going to chat a bit about that before we head out the door. So what do you got for us this uh, week? Yep. Uh, one of the other things that had been noted by many people in uh, who were digging through the Three Houses trailer is that there is no obvious indication of weapon triangle in the clips that were shown. Uh, there are a couple characters that have who would normally have a weapon triangle advantage who have a very high power against the person they're fighting, so it might still be there. But there's nothing obvious like in um, uh, various games where it will show you the up arrow if you have the advantage, the down arrow if you have the disadvantage. Uh, and so, but it like I said, there's no obvious thing, but it doesn't mean that it won't be there. Um, there is a formation option in the attack menu uh, that we see when Elgard's attacking. Um, we don't have any, once again, no definite confirmation, but there is a strong likelihood that that's what's shown later when you see the guy who has his troops form up into a triangle before charging through the enemy. Uh, so that's probably what the formation does. Uh, possibly the formations will give you advantages or do something special, like maybe a triangle formation like they show in that clip is a way to get behind the character. Yeah, you like charge a... through, you deal damage, and then your character will end up being behind them instead of in front in front of them. That'd be interesting, like you know, a pierce. Kind of, kind of like, yeah, pass or pierce type thing. You do damage on the way by, though, hmm. you know. I like the idea. The formation stuff in the trailer really looked intriguing and a neat new way to work with the with the extra units they're presenting on screen. So um, yep. if, if it replaces the weapon triangle as opposed to just, you know, throwing the weapon triangle out like they did in Echoes, um, it'd be really cool to see that because I, I like the idea of having, you know, advantages and disadvantages. It always felt like a, an easier way to understand the tactics of things. Like, oh, if, if there's a bunch of Lance guys, I want to put my axe guy forward. You know, that, that makes more sense to me. Yep, I will technically note they didn't exactly throw out the weapon triangle in Echoes. In Echoes, they're uh, recreating Gaiden, which mm-hmm. did which did throw out the rep- weapon triangle. But it's hard to really say it was thrown out because it was the second game in the series. Oh, so, so it was just it wasn't used. Yeah, it wasn't used. They hadn't really developed their 
what is Fire Emblem type things, where the weapon triangle is a big thing of what is Fire Emblem. Hmm. You know, so that's a good point. They were experimenting with the second game in the series, which was a side quest. Uh, from what I understand, that's what Gaiden technically translates to side quest, but it's like a side story after the off of the alms stuff. And it was the second game in the series, uh, not well received, partially because of bad map design and other. And it was just, you know, what people loved about the first game, half of it was not there or different. Which threw people off there. Huh, interesting. Know. Well, I hope and, that uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses proves to be a successful return to the consoles with Fire Emblem. So do I. Yeah. We'll hopefully we get more information because uh, I I want to keep talking about it. I I can't wait for it to come out. But it has only been three weeks since its announcement, so we've we might have a little bit more time to wait. But we shall see. Eddie, that's going to do it for this week. Any any uh, parting words or wisdom or thoughts for all of our listeners listening at home? Uh, not this week. I, I've been really bad about getting my parting words, and I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do on weeks of a um, uh, game co- game club. So, you know, I'll, I'll keep working at that. The, the week I don't ask will be the week you'll be like, you'll be like oh no, I, I have something. Uh, but uh, we'll get Probably. there. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody goes to our website, gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Check out all of our past episodes there. You can email the show with your thoughts on Echoes, Game Club, Fire Emblem Three Houses, whatever you wish, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord, Discord over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Got some new listeners in there. Welcome, Soldan. Great to have you. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphyeddie, at drelfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. And that's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.